The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 29, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is here today. BuzzBurbank.com, RealmNetwork.com. Get it where fine podcasts are listened to. Uh, the Polar Vortex is back. I just stuck my arm out the window, and it's already frozen like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. Oh, and Donald Trump is tweeting at the climate. He did that today. 25th Amendment, please. Uh, speaking of crazy, Trump clearly watched a movie about the border and appears to believe that it's all true. We'll talk about that coming up. And the Trump shutdown cost the economy $11 billion, according to the CBO. Anyone else having flashbacks to Trump's casino bankruptcies? I am. And the best way to support the Bob Seska Show is to subscribe to our bonus content on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show. We just surpassed 900 subscribers. Big deal. Thank you, everyone, for subscribing. But if you haven't yet, what the hell are you waiting for? You can sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content, including our post-mortem show recorded after the end credits roll on our Tuesday and Thursday shows, along with our Friday after-party podcast and the 90-minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show with people like Malcolm Nance, Tony Atamanek, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela duo. Tomorrow we have Jen Senko, the director of Brainwashing of My Dad. Don't miss it. Go to patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show and do your part to support this completely independent podcast. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Allie both did. She went to college, too. I went to Normandale for about a year and a half. Yeah, that's where we met. But I dropped out, though. Yeah, she dropped. Yeah. So where are you girls from? Chaska, Lesueur. But I went to high school in White Bear Lake. Go Bears. Okay. I want you to tell me what these fellas look like. Well, the little guy, he was kind of funny looking. In what way? I don't know, just funny looking. Can you be any more specific? I couldn't really say. He wasn't circumcised. Was he funny looking apart from that? Yeah. So, you were having sex with a little fella then? Uh-huh. Is there anything else you can tell me about him? No. Like I say, he was funny looking. More than most people, even. What about the other fella? He was a little older. You know, he looked like the Marlboro Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But maybe I'm saying that, you know, because he smoked a lot of Marlboros. Uh-huh. You know, like a subconscious type of thing. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Hey, they said they were going to the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, is that useful to you? Oh, you betcha, yeah. Yeah. Bob Seska. Eat shit, Bob. The Bob Seska Show. All right, it is the Trump Crisis Day 740, 644 days until the 2020 presidential election. Yeah. 16 days until the next government shutdown. And uh, look right over there, it's TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. 
Yeah, hey there. How you doing? How you doing in the cold there? It is fucking cold here. It is it is ridiculously cold. I mean, insanely cold. I don't know what to do. I felt covering news the way I do. I thought I had the privilege of not covering weather, uh, and and my excuse was sort of. Well, of course it's cold. It's winter. Yeah. You know, that's how I, I justified that. Mm-hmm. This is crazy what you're going through now. Yeah, yeah. It's the polar vortex, and it's absolutely yes. the climate crisis causing this. What happens is it disrupts that yes. that polar jet stream, and so it, it, everything falls apart, and then the entire weather system that's normally over the Arctic slumps down, almost like Trump's hairline, over <laughs> North America. And then we all end up suffering with this freezing goddamn cold, like minus 60 up in Fargo. Uh, like, I, I think with the wind chill, it's somewhere around there where the skin freezes after five yes. seconds. and Flesh, yes, the flesh freezes at yeah. that temperature. Ugh. I lived in Minnesota for a while, and I remember, uh, you know, I think the first weekend I was there. Oh, yeah? The, the year that I was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the year that I was there, uh, I'm not good at picking up accents. <laughs> So the year the year that I was there, uh, I I got up very early, like three o'clock in the morning, to go to work in the dark and the cold. Oh uh, yeah, in the winter. And one of the sayings there is, well, "We hope winter falls. Or we hope mm. summer falls on a weekend this year, uh, <laughs> because the winters are long and dark and yes, cold. Of course, uh, the sun rises and sets in the south in, uh-huh. in the winter, uh, and the days are very short. Not you know not as short as elsewhere, but short nevertheless, and very cold. And I remember uh, having my briefcase and my heavy coat and going outside and getting into the car, which was the engine was plugged into a heater so that the oil would be pliable enough for the, the, the car to turn over. Jesus. And, and, and because my hands were full and I had, you know, mittens or whatever I was wearing, I, I momentarily stuck the car key in my mouth. Oh, God. And it, it froze to my tongue. Oh, yes, of course it did. Now, oh the, secret is, the secret is, <laughs> the secret is keep your lips closed and it will thaw very quickly and slide out without injury. Uh, and, and fortunately, I had the, the wherewithal at least to do that. But yeah, I know what it's like to yeah. experience these insanely cold temperatures. Like I said, the first weekend I was there, I think the real temperature got to like 36 below. Yeah, yeah. Down there in yeah. Florida where you are, it got all the way down to 56 degrees. Can you believe it? How did you cope? Oh my gosh! I believe it was uh, forty when oh, I got okay. up this all morning. Right, yeah, right. and and not that that's I mean that's forty above zero where a lot yeah. of you are well below zero. <laughs> and I, I understand that, mm-hmm. uh, and I've lived that, so I've been there. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, it, yeah, it's 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 unusually it's very unFlorida like mm-hmm. right now. So we're all experiencing some degree of discomfort, although some of it, as you pointed out, can be damaging. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And but yet somehow yesterday. Matt Whitaker was sweating like Nixon. Do you notice that? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how the hell in the middle of a winter like this where the polar vortex is freezing everyone's nipples off. He, he may be the cause <laughs> of global warming. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly right. That is absolutely. I think we've cracked the case. It is uh, Matt Whitaker's head. <laughs> it's warming up the entire globe. As you can see by oh. just the uh, sweat streaming down like like Niagara Falls all over his bald, hairless face. I mean, yeah. obviously he was uh, was pretty uh, uh, stressed out <laughs> by yeah, some of the I questions think- being asked. 
I, I think he was he was a, a man very much out of his element. Yeah, at I that, think so. At that particular moment, I think uh, yeah, this is what we call flop sweat. Yeah, I think I've only had that once in my life. Oh, but, really? But yeah, uh, it because it's just not something that I normally think about, or it's just not something that I experience. Oh, once you. I was very nervous for a job interview, and you know that's just a terrible place <laughs> to start sweating. But they, they uh, uh, did you get the the jo- the flop sweat when you uh, got to anchor the Sunday evening news? <laughs> <laughs> I just think no. when I think flop yeah. sweat, I think Albert Brooks in broadcast news was yeah. one of the greatest scenes in the history no, of cinema. No, see, I, I would be perfectly comfortable in front of a camera. Yeah. I am not comfortable in an interview where everything's on the line. Well, you know, me. And meanwhile, the president was actually talking to the climate uh, via Twitter. I would say more like sure, trolling sure. the climate by saying, hey, where are you? Come back, global warming. We miss yeah. you. He was actually speaking to it as if it's a person he can troll. Because Trump doesn't know anything about anything. And <laughs> once right. again, uh, you know, he's talking, uh, you know, incorrectly about something uh, he knows nothing about. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I mean, that's, you know, yes, global warming is causing Causing this severely cold weather mm. because it makes weather more violent, and that's, right. that's that's a very hard thing to sell to people who can't think abstractly. I guess well, you th- know, to, to people who can't think, right? People who think the globe is whatever's happening in their backyard, right? I mean, you know. Meanwhile, in Australia, bats are dropping from trees because they're burning. You know, because of the the record temperatures down there. Oh, that doesn't even start. I things are so. I saw a duck and a rabbit arguing over whether it's indictment season or pardon season. <laughs> That's just how See. crazy. No, I report. I thank you. There I report. Uh, that was slow. I report every week. I report every week on some horrible mm-hmm. new bit of information about what's happening to the planet. Yeah. I was able to report uh, last week that uh, now a clear majority of Americans want something done about it, see it as the real problem that it is. And uh, there's more motivation and more involvement. You see more uh, evidence of, of people taking action as well as cities and counties and states and companies mm-hmm. uh, doing things things uh, because smart people who do see what's happening are, are starting to move. Will it be enough? Probably not without government support. And by yeah. that, I mean of all governments around the world. And uh, you know, so there's, but I, I think there's, there's some hope for sparing us, but things are, are grim. And I report every week on the latest species that's gone extinct because of yeah. global warming or, or whatever the story might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the better term, I think the, the whole term global warming uh, is accurate, yet at the same time, it's misleading. It's a weird <laughs> dynamic there with that it's, phrase. It's hard for a lot of people to, to but I, I read something the other day I tend to agree with that, no, we should go back to using global warming because that is what's happening. Yeah. And to say climate change gives the opposition, the deniers, an opportunity yep. to say, well, it, it could be natural, it could be cyclical, it could be a natural climate change. Mm-hmm. The climate, the planet's climate changes all the time. Yeah. Uh, and there is some truth to that, but there's also more truth to the numbers in recent decades mm-hmm. since the start of the Industrial Revolution yeah. that have shown the deterioration of the atmosphere and subsequently the planet. Yeah. And that, you know, and the climate change term is the wiggle room that the Republicans use or the deniers, right. I should say right. the deniers use to say, right. well, the, the change is not happening because of human input into the environment. That's not, right. that's a whole separate thing. So they're actually able to, through that phrase, they're able to say, well, okay, I agree there's climate change, but humans aren't doing anything to it. Uh, whereas I think Al 
Gore's phrase has always been the one that I've tried to use, which is climate yeah. crisis. I think calling it a crisis. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, meanwhile, I, yeah, while, we while we're that. talking about fake crisis, you know, at the border with uh, uh-huh. whatever Trump's screaming about today. Right. I hope the word crisis doesn't lose its punch. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I think it's seldom that it does, I, you know, because unless you're talking about a fake one, then it's hard to sustain. But this is a right. real one. This is one that we can see now because we're now officially in it. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they believe, oh, it's something that's going to happen 100 years from now. So why do we have it? We're going to be dead in 100 yeah. years. Why even why even bother? Uh, yeah, but, scientists uh, are getting closer to being able to uh, tell us what the immediate impacts of this are going to be yeah. uh, and, and to forecast them. Mm. And I think that will bring an immediacy to this that it desperately needs. This is a, this is a crisis almost undersells it. Right. Uh, this is near catastrophe. Mm-hmm. We are headed for destruction if we don't act fully and properly now. Welcome back to the show, everyone who tuned out for the last three or four <laughs> minutes, because that's usually what happens when we start talking about climate crisis. I mean, my lowest rated really? articles. Yeah. Are really? every, every time I write about climate crisis, it's almost a joke that we have amongst us, but like a circle of friends I have who are all uh-huh. writers. And I, I don't, I'm surprised I haven't shared this one with you yet, because it's like every time we publish something that has to do with the climate crisis, it's like all you hear is crickets chirping, because I think honestly, and there's a, you know, kind of an understanding here when it comes to an audience reaction because people don't want to hear that we're all doomed all the time. You know what I mean? No, I understand uh, that. But if somebody doesn't ring the bell now, yeah. who will and when? Right. Uh, I, you know, this 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 news that you've just brought me surprises and disappoints me. Yeah. Because I would think that that I, let's call them our people. Sure. I, I would I would think that people who right now are so interested in uh, justice are also the kinds of people who would be equally interested in saving the planet and the environment and uh, the things we get to enjoy. I'll be talking a little bit more about the national parks Mm -hmm. and how they were affected by the shutdown and and how there's more to be said about that and how it's much more serious than we realized. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when when people start losing, and millions and millions and millions of people go to these parks every year to to get away from it all, and they're going, you know, they're they're losing their opportunity to to do that as these things crumble uh, because of what's going on and and, and also because of the government shutdown. But uh, the environment, uh, the places we enjoy, our ability to eat and sleep and breathe uh, are all threatened. And that threat is growing much closer, much faster than anyone expected. And I just, I hope people take up this cause. I, I yeah. know we have other fish to, we, we can't really get to that until we take care of, you know, this other thing. It, it is the number one problem yeah. facing not just the United States, but the entire right. world. And it's not, right. frankly, the mistake that a lot of people make is they say, well, it's the planet. The planet is dying. We're we're exterminating the planet. It, the You know what? The planet's just going to be fine. But the problem is, with the climate crisis, are the human beings. Human beings are the right. ones who are going to be decimated. The planet will eventually recover, as it always has. Well, but meanwhile, People and other species, you know. You know. Uh, I, I, I apologize for chasing off the audience. I don't want to <laughs> do that. No, I'm sure. I'm just kidding. I'm sure a lot of our entire audience is still sticking around for this. It's just when you write but, something up in, in printed form, uh-huh. everyone uh-huh. goes, oh, my God. 
God, how can I tolerate this uh, doom and gloom? It's, it looks it like is. it's completely it, futile, our efforts to stop it, and no one's doing anything, and it's, it just comes to the point where you're banging your face up against the wall, it seems like, yeah. and maybe that's Yeah, the, I uh, think uh, humans tend to react uh, instead of anticipating and preparing for things. Humans are more inclined to react after yeah. a thing has happened. Well, this is a thing we can't really wait for that. Right. Uh, you know, so I, it's really important that the message get across. I, I, listen, I, I, I think you've been worrying too much about Bill Maher's rant about comic books oh, and, and yeah, the people yeah. who embrace them. I, th- I think you're going to be okay. You don't dress like <laughs> Kevin Smith, so you're fine. You're, you know, you wear normal adult clothing and... Uh, yeah. I think you're okay. Well, on my list of priorities, <laughs> that one would be down there around number 10,482. Somewhere around I know, that, I know, know I mean? but I know, but I can tell, and I've yeah. seen it before, not just uh, this week after Bill Maher's comments, but I've seen... I've seen you get a little defensive about this before, <laughs> and and uh, so I know how important it is to you, and I I just don't want you to worry about it too much. Well, you know what? It comes down to this, Buzz. It's it's not necessarily that I'm offended as uh, as someone who has kind of read a few comic books. I'm not really a big comic book fan, believe well, it or not. Uh, yeah, the culture, the yeah, yeah, the, movies, the overall yeah. culture of it is something that right. I'm really into. And of course, the right. movies, and of course, uh, TV shows, and so on. I, I I watch a lot, but it's ultimately. It's it's no skin off my back. It's just you know what I tend to I tend to get bent out of shape when I know someone is is factually wrong. And I think there were some things that Bill Maher said about that that were factually wrong. And <laughs> I do. don't want to bore every you know, talk about people tuning out of the podcast. And this is where they do it. Well, let me say this as somebody who doesn't uh, follow the culture and thinks and thinks it's been overdone and thinks there have been way too many Superman movies and way 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 too many Batman movies. Uh-huh. And I'm a fan of both of these characters. I, yeah. I enjoyed them as a child. I, I enjoy like. Like I said last week, we talked about watching Gotham. I'm I'm totally hooked on that show. Mm-hmm. I know they're in their last season, but I was there in the beginning, and I'm going to follow it all the way up until he's Batman. <laughs> and uh, so I this is so I'm into that. You know, I like, but I just think it's generally been overdone. And uh, in that vein, I just want to say I'm so pleased that uh, Black Panther got the recognition that it did. Oh yeah, uh, at yeah. the SAG Awards, generally a, a good sign of what's going to happen at the Oscars uh, because it it did didn't strike me as a superhero movie mm-hmm. as it's been described. It striked me uh, struck me more as mythological and uh, philosophical, and I found it extremely stimulating. Not to mention visually spectacular. So I'm really pleased that a movie that good and that engaging, uh, you know, got the recognition despite its alleged comic book status. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Speaking of people who take fiction way too seriously, let's talk about Donald Trump, who clearly. Sorry, yeah. Yes. Th- through the shutdown, clearly at some point watch the Sicario Day of the Soledad yes. O'Brien movie at some point. That's where it comes from. But you know yeah. what? And, and, and I want to hear, and everybody should hear all of this, and so I'm, I don't want to derail that, but let me just preface this by saying that he seems to have an odd fascination with violence and illness in women. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Whether it's blood coming out of Megyn Kelly's wherever, mm-hmm. or uh, Hillary, Cl- the story he fed the Inquirer about Hillary Clinton being near death, yeah, uh, or or uh, you know this latest thing with the women being taped up, his obsession with uh, regaling uh, these stories. Uh, anyway, you start and I'll jump in. Well, but that's, no, no, to I mean, me, I... that's the setup: is that he has this uncomfortably odd fascination 
with the violence against women. Yeah, you know what? I've noticed the exact same thing. And in fact, I tweeted about it the other day. He was, I remember very specifically, and in fact, we talked about it on the show. He was talking about, at one point, I think it was shortly after the inauguration, he was mm-hmm. learning about Andrew Jackson at the time. Right. Yeah. And basically, someone must have pointed to a painting and said, there's Andrew Jackson and his wife, Rachel, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, he couldn't stop talking for like two or three days after that about how Andrew Jackson's wife, Rachel, died. He was repeating over and over. Right. Andrew, another, Jackson, yeah. Andrew Jackson's wife, she died. She died. And he was so into the fact that Andrew Jackson's wife died that it was going, what is, what's wrong? He's really into these really morbid topics. And uh, you know, whether it's the women being taped up and abducted, like in Sicario Day of the Soledad O'Brien or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is something that he saw in that movie. And now he believes that it's actually real. And I go back to what I was saying a, a couple of weeks ago. And I said that I, I don't think I don't think he's fully See, tethered to reality. He, I think what he's, he's saying, he still thinks The Apprentice was real. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he's lost track of of yeah. what's happening in the real world around him you because think? he's so yeah, so ensconced in his own bullshit and fiction and agitprop and nonsense that mm. uh that he believes this this movie is absolutely true. Where the where's the prayer rugs in the desert, he was tweeting right. about that. That of course is in Sicario. The amazing uncatchable Mexican cars. Yeah. These are- <laughs> Factory these are fact by the way, they the research has been done by yeah. real journalists uh, who determined that those were just factory, you know, roll off the assembly line vehicles that he was talking about. Right, right. And, you know, and then also, of course, uh, women being abducted and their mouths taped. taped. And, oh, he's really into the taped thing. Yeah. And in this case, I think it's partly the the line blurring between fiction and reality in his warm ridden <laughs> brain but at the same time he's erased erased line exactly right but i think he also believes that it's somehow his version of empathy like if he goes into these gory details yeah. it substitutes for this sense of empathy that I believe Donald Trump absolutely lacks for other people, but anyone the, who's not the, him. But the obsession with blood and tape and yeah. all of that, you know, that there's something else going on there. <laughs> That's yeah. my gut read on it. Right, right. Well, remember, wasn't it when he was with Stormy Daniels, he asked Stormy Daniels to spank him with a rolled oh, with, up magazine. Right. So right, yeah. while there wasn't violence on Stormy Daniels, there was some mild spanking going on. I don't know if there's any connection between any of this, but there's al- no. there's always a factor of some sort of violence or gore linked to whenever Donald Trump talks so, about women. He'd be like S&M versatile, you know, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yuck. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, the CBO is telling us that the uh, that the shutdown cost the economy eleven billion dollars, with an estimated three billion in economic activity permanently lost. That means it's out the door. So almost the entire cost of what Donald Trump wanted for Wall. You're I right. think the government lost six billion. Okay. So if you if you take that three billion that we'll never recover mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of the economy, and you add it to the six billion. That, I, I mean, the $6 billion okay. alone that the government lost. And that doesn't even begin to cover the losses, I don't think, from the government contractors and, and the individuals. I mean, this just, the, the trickle, yeah, for once, trickle down actually worked. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. And, and meanwhile, uh, the National Association of Business Economics found that the 
$1.5 trillion tax cut package that he passed uh, just a little over a year ago has had no major impact on businesses, capital investment, or hiring plans. So what a shock that that turned out to be. Yeah, that's that's a disaster. Useless. It is yeah, completely useless. Well, they made money. They didn't spend any. That's what that number says. That yeah. says they didn't. They didn't. You know, but their their shares, their their profits are are up as they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the damage to the economy and to the the, the federal budget, to the deficit, uh, also shocking. I yeah. mean, just really shocking the effect that uh, the tax cut has had on the deficit that the Republicans were so concerned about until you know now. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the justification is always that if we cut taxes for these the super wealthy then right. all of that uh, money is going to triple down to trickle down to the, the middle class and, yeah. and exactly so the numbers you mm-hmm. gave support that exactly right. that it never in real life it never trickles down mm-hmm. what what did seem to trickle down was the misery of the government shutdown yeah and exactly the, the, the costs thereof and not to mention the human suffering and it, you know it goes on from there right right well i mean obviously we've reached a place uh with the shutdown ending that donald trump you know, basically, well, he didn't gain a goddamn thing. He was right back where he was when the shutdown started. So it was a, it was right. a total exercise in futility where Donald Trump wanted something. He shut down the government to get it. And then once the government reopened, he still didn't have it. Nope. Nobody won. Everybody lost. And we yep. might do it again in, as you said, 16, 16 days. days. <laughs> Right. At which sure. time it's either going to be a shutdown. Let me talk about a Sophie's choice. It's either going to be a shutdown or Donald Trump's going to finally declare that national emergency. Because, which you know, will immediately be held up by lawsuits that will go on and we're going to have to live this for unless something else comes along and stops it. Yeah, we can only hope that that thing is Donald Trump Jr. getting indicted very, very yeah. soon. I mean, that's what really when it comes right down to the Russia story and, and the attack and obviously the Mueller investigation, the thing I'm waiting for him more than anything else is to see Donald Trump Jr. Uh, uh, taken in in a pre-dawn raid. I, I want to see that. What happened to Roger Stone? I want to <laughs> see that happen with Donald Trump Jr. Uh, see, a lot of us were hoping you wouldn't say the junior part. We just... <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us, you know, would like to see that other image. I don't know that we ever will, right. but uh, you know, there there are a number of uh, conclusions that I would accept. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just the ideal. That's the one we we daydream about, I guess. Yeah. Well, either one, it's going to be interesting to see them. If if Donald Trump gets dragged out of the White House at three a.m., or if Donald <laughs> Trump Jr. gets dragged out of Trump Tower at three a.m., yeah, but they're both going to be wearing their matching hairnets to keep their coiffures in place. I know I'm not the first to say this. I almost think Steve Bannon might be next and then maybe oh. Donald Trump Jr. I, we've you know we and we know Jr's coming along. We know that he's on the list that he's that he's up and and maybe he will be next but uh because of what we learned in the Stone indictment and because of what people know about the structure of the White House at that time um uh, it appears that Steve Bannon might well be the next to be indicted. Eric Trump by the way, his name has been coming up a lot lately. Uh, in <laughs> fact, I saw a tweet from uh, about a year ago where Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out that all the decisions for the campaign, I mean, again, Donald Trump Jr. (laughs) being a colossal fucking moron, just blurting 
doing the, you know, you're goddamn right. I ordered the code red thing like he always does, like <laughs> right. all these guys normally do. Right. And he said he said that all of the decisions on the campaign, every decision that came down was uh-huh. run through Jared Kushner and run uh-huh. through Eric Trump. Those two people <laughs> guided all of the the things that happened in and around the campaign. So that and means, yeah. uh, means of course, green lighting uh, uh, Roger Stone to do pester WikiLeaks to get right, some uh, Hillary right. Clinton emails, all right. of it. This is all, we're, we're basically saying now that uh, Eric Trump is involved in all of this intrigue, which we all thought, well, kind of Eric Trump was just, uh, you know, given some sort of cursory job on the sidelines, sorting paper clips or something. And- because he looks dumb. <laughs> and, and and because we're used to seeing him portrayed that way on Saturday Night Live yeah. as as uh, Don Jr. being the, the slick one and, and Eric being the dumb one. Mm-hmm. And from what I've read, and I know I've said this on the show before, in reality, Eric is the smart one. Yeah. And and that may be witnessed in the fact that he doesn't spout off stupid things like his brother Don Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, watch watch that space because, uh, you know, Eric, uh, you got to watch out for the quiet ones. <laughs> and, and especially when you hear that they're actually the smart one. Well, you know, we actually have uh, another Donald Trump Jr. blurt from the other day, in, in which Roger Stone is pro- Roger Stone himself is probably going, "Shut the fuck up, Jr. <laughs> For God's sake, Do- Donald Trump Jr. We'll leave you this right before we talk about uh, Untuck It, our brand new sponsor on the show. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted this. This was on the twenty seventh. He said, uh, uh, "Oh yeah, this was in response to Jake Tapper." Talking about Roger Stone and potentially Roger Stone going to prison, Jake Tapper said, oh, he might like it. That's what uh, Jake Tapper said on television. And then Donald Trump Jr. said, let's play the imagine the fury if a conservative said something this flagrantly homophobic. Yeah, well, (laughs) truly disgusting, but of course, no consequences. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, No one's ever said that Roger Stone is outright gay, except for Donald Trump Jr., who says somehow that criticizing uh, uh, Roger Stone and saying, oh, he might enjoy going to prison is somehow, uh, you know, assessing Roger Stone as being gay. Part of me thinks that, and see, I I wasn't thinking uh, homoerotic at all when I when I had the thought that that Stone might like it in prison. In prison, you can build your own little hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, he might he might imagine his own little kingdom, his own little fiefdom within within that that prison, his own power structure, mm-hmm. uh, run his own games and that sort of thing. So I, that that was what occurred to me when I thought that Roger Stone might like prison. Well, also, he enjoys being the villain. He savors. He wants it. He wants right. to be He wants to be a crook. He wants to be regarded as, as nothing but a fly in the ointment. He wants to be seen as an asshole. And, and so, well, good job, Roger and, Stone. You did it. <laughs> and know? he wants to be seen shirtless. Yes, well, that, that too, which is kind of <laughs> nauseating at the same time. Uh, but, you know, let's, I, I mentioned uh, Untuck It, brand new sponsor on the show. I mm-hmm. love, I've got four new Untuck It shirts over here. Cool. Grab my page here that uh, came along. Oh my! These shirts are the best goddamn shirts. I tried all four of them on. They uh-huh. were a perfect fit right out of the box, and they boy they were, they were comfortable, and of course they looked great. 
untucked, right? I got the uh, mm-hmm. a, a black Upland shirt, extra large, of course, fit regular. I got a Pinot in gray and charcoal. I got a, a Damascino uh, in navy, and I got a Grassi in black. That's my entire selection of untucked shirts, and I can't wait to wear them. I've got them all sitting right here next to my desk, so if I, can, I have to do a quick costume yeah. change right in the middle of the show, I can quickly throw one on. And uh, when you and when you wear them, it belies the fact that you enjoy comic book heroes. <laughs> exactly right. And by the way, you know how many costume change, changes I go through <laughs> exactly. on this show. See, I, I know I shouldn't say, say this, but you are Batman. I, I was going to say share, but I'll take Batman. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I get it. You want to uh, look, uh, you want a casual look. You just want to be uh, comfortable, so you wear tails of your dress shirts untucked, right? That's the thing. But they're all tail. They're called tails because they're meant to be tucked neatly into your pants, and that's why they're so long. They're shaped the way they are. So that look isn't casual so much as it is sloppy. You just take a random shirt and just leave it untucked, and you get all that extra fabric down there too. That's what always happens with me. Okay. What you need is a dress shirt that is made to be untucked, and of course that's why you need untucked. And untucked it has shirts you can wear untucked at the office. I like uh, looking sharp and casual at the same time, and I can't believe they had the perfect fit for me as i was just saying man these shirts i just picked up from untuck it fit me uh, absolutely perfectly i mean i've been taking normally i take all my shirts down to get tailored uh because i have such an oddly shaped body but with these untuck it shirts no not gonna even have to bother untuck it shirts wow. come in 50 different fits for tall guys short guys slim guys muscle guys every guy of every age they even offer free shipping and free returns on all u.s orders and right now you can get 20% off your first purchase at untuckit.com with the promo code BOBC. Don't put this off. Go to untuckit.com or visit one of 50 Untuckit stores in the U.S. and Canada. If you want the perfect fitting shirt, no matter your size or shape, try the original Untucked shirt. That's Untuckit. And don't forget to use the promo code BOBC to get 20% off your uh, first purchase at untuckit.com. Again, that's untuckit.com, promo code BOBC. I swear to you, you will not be disappointed. I'm certainly not, and I can't wait to buy more. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us. Buzz Burbank is here from buzzburbank.com, realmnetwork.com. The best newscast you'll hear all goddamn week. All right, so let's see. Where are we here? Talking Roger Stone. By the Um, way, let me just say you look sharp but casual. (laughs) As I always try to be. You know, it's... It's a tough line to draw. It's you gotta get lost I in know. that gray it's area. A, it's a balance. It's a balance. <laughs> so uh, suddenly, uh, Fox News and Roger Stone give a shit about law enforcement tactics. I thought they were okay with you know uh, police abuse and and uh, uh, shoot first cops who you know decide oh you, you have a, a damaged taillight let's shoot you in the back. That's the kind of thing that they applaud over there at Fox News Channel. But suddenly, uh, now that Roger Stone has been arrested in a pre-dawn raid at his house in Fort Lauderdale, 
they're of course showing their true snowflake colors demanding the, the style the style of the raid is significant uh it it is i think a message in itself yeah uh, and, and i do some reading about these things and uh, one of the interpretations is that Mueller may very well have been sending a message mm -hmm. uh basically to say don't mess with this investigation yeah uh stone may have in the behind the scenes legal wrangling said or done something or his lawyer said or did something that angered Mueller. It's entirely possible. Uh, but mostly I think it was uh, was a was a message. Uh, there are quieter ways to arrest somebody. This was a bit of a show uh, for a reason. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also conducted the way it was because there was a fear that was substantial enough to convince a judge that this was the way to go. There was a fear that evidence would be destroyed if Stone was able to get any kind of advance notice of this arrest. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I mean, we all know what Roger Stone's all about. And I think just as an attention-whoring move, Roger Stone yeah. would, do, would have done something crazy. If he had found out that the indictment was coming down and there wasn't uh, an FBI raid of his house, he would have done something ridiculous. He would have been in, he would have ended up on Fox News Channel, Fox and Friends that morning. Some stupid stunt that he would have pulled. And, of course, this headed that off at the pass, and rightfully so, because you can't trust Roger Stone at all. He's worse. I'd say he's worse than Donald Trump on that front. Yeah, um, He's capable of just about anything. I wrote a whole salon piece uh, this morning, in fact, it came out, and uh, in which I was just outlining about how this guy is a villain. He's happy to be a villain, and people who are happy to be a villain cannot be trusted. They will stab you in the back, right. and right. as we've seen, too, uh, as buddy-buddy, uh, as Roger Stone is with Donald Trump and as responsible for Donald Trump as uh, Roger Stone is basically inventing Trumpism. If you've seen Get Me Roger Stone, you know that to be the case. Uh, mm -hmm. He's absolutely going to stab uh, Donald Trump in the back. He's absolutely going to give up Donald Trump. If worse comes to worse and he needs a, an, an escape hatch, he is going to throw Donald Trump under a bus. So not even sure. Donald Trump is safe from uh, and, Roger Stone. One of the fun things about being a prosecutor is you get to use the carrot and the stick. Yeah. Uh, you, you can offer Stone less prison time for the f felonies that he's facing mm -hmm. with his cooperation. And if that doesn't seem to do the trick, you can then present him with evidence that shows him uh, committing other crimes, more serious yeah. crimes. You notice, and, and the Republicans were eager to point out, well, there's nothing about collusion in the uh, Stone <laughs> indictment. No, no, there, there, there isn't, because this may not be the last indictment of Roger Stone that we see. Yep. Uh, we've seen Mueller come back and do things, uh, you know, add, with additional indictments later. Uh, and we can certainly see that again here. So uh, don't, you know, don't, don't worry uh, that uh, there's nothing about collusion in this Stone indictment, uh, because there may be more to come. And that more may be what Mueller is holding over, will hold over Stone uh, as the stick. Uh, to uh, you know, to to convince him that the wise move would be to cooperate with the investigation, so he can offer him rewards and he can offer him punishment uh, for his cooperation. And those yeah. forces combined, depending on how serious the alleged crimes may be, uh, it could 
could could actually help him fold. And although uh, Stone has sworn his loyalty to Trump, he also says he'll cooperate with the investigation. Here's the thing, though. I, I do think that there's collusion there. I, I mean, I, it's not explicit, obviously. Yeah, it, no, it's not no, one of the uh, is, one yeah. of the charges. But at the same time, what he was lying about to Congress was the fact that he was pursuing WikiLeaks, who, as we know, mm-hmm. is a carve out of the Russian GRU. And uh, by and pursuing- he did this, yeah, and he did this at the direction of the campaign, right? Of 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 at least two and maybe three campaign officials that would include Steve Bannon, yep. Donald Trump Jr., and yep. perhaps Donald Trump himself. Mm-hmm, that's right. And so that's how close we could be. Uh, this uh, arresting Stone is the closest this investigation has come to the president, and it wasn't a quiet arrest. No. You know, this was this was uh, we're we're getting close. This is this is a this is a message. Yeah. Well, all these, as uh, Tucker Carlson and everyone else falls down under their feigning couches about the treatment of Roger Stone the other morning in that pre-dawn raid, let's listen to what Donald Trump has to say about police brutality. And when you see these towns and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in rough. Mm -hmm. I said, please don't be too nice. Mm-hmm. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand. You put the hand. Like, don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody. Don't hit their head. Put, put, put the hand. Put the hand. God, I hate him. Oh, my God. When I, I, I got it. I, you know, let me tell you just briefly, if I may, about my Friday. Okay. Friday is the first day of my weekend. Mm-hmm. My, my, I put my news out on Thursday. Yep. I tie up some loose ends. And then Friday is my Saturday. There you go. And so this is the beginning of a couple of days off. This is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at the first, I, had, I posted the first bulletin at 6 a.m. That day uh-huh. uh, of the many, many, many developments that would unfold last That's Friday. Right. I posted my last bulletin at 930 that night. Right. Uh, that was the first day of my day off. And oh, wait, after 930 <laughs> on and you, you were just you were just talking about uh, you're just talking about Fox News uh, about a former Fox personality. Uh, Greta Van Susteren uh-huh. had had tweeted that uh, th- there was something fishy about this arrest of Roger Stone, that it was conducted the way it was and captured uh, by a CNN cameraman. How, she said, could the cameraman have known to be there without a tip from Mueller's office? Oh, fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. I, yeah. Now, you know, I, I just, Greta Van Susteren is somebody I've mostly ignored, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, but but I could not let this go. And uh-huh. so I replied a faulty assumption. The CNN yeah. cameraman had been assigned to stake out Stone's house uh, before today. Right. A good journalist doesn't jump to unfounded conclusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, and I, I there was more, but I, so after this day off of posting bulletins from six a.m. to nine thirty, after that, then I I was giving Greta Van Susteren journalism lessons. Yeah, there you go. And see, as, nice. as it should be, as you should have been, because. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, talk about ignorance. I mean, they're just looking for any bit of wiggle room in all of this. And they're going after right. their response to Donald Trump's number one political advisor for the last three fucking decades was
was arrested for lying to Congress and witness tampering all around the gi- most gigantic cyber attack in, in American history. And they're worried about CNN showing up there before the fact. I mean, it's just right. what talk well, about meant, just projecting. That meant, was, that meant there was a leak from Mueller's office, which yeah. means Mueller's investigation is crooked. <laughs> that's, uh, exactly that's, right. that's that's what that meant to them. And and uh, you know, this is part of what we're up against is the state-run TV. Right. Well, that's that's their only in. That's the only thing they've got. That's the last excuse that they can make for why this all went down the way it went down. And this isn't the only evidence of collusion, by the way. This business of Stone being instructed to seek out those emails by top officials in the Trump campaign. If that's not collusion, I don't know what is. And here's the thing. This is not the only case of it. I I spoke over the weekend with my brother-in-law. Bless his heart. He's a a good man. Uh He's a good man. He has a good heart. And and I will say this to his credit. I I sense flexibility in him. I sense sense vulnerability. Mm -hmm. He's kind of open. But right now, and I think he speaks for millions of Americans when he says uh, they've been doing this for a while and I haven't seen any results yet. And and that's because he doesn't follow it every day. Millions, tens of yep. millions, hundreds of millions of Americans don't follow it every day. As I've said before, they're raising kids, going to soccer practice, trying to earn a living, maybe working two jobs, whatever. Uh, people don't have feel. They don't have time for this uh, because the, perhaps they don't realize how threatening and crucial this is. Yeah. Uh, so that's why the people listening to us right now and you and I and others uh, are working so hard to try to record all this and, mm-hmm. and get the word out about all this. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, we, we have a lot of hills to climb uh, before we climb out of this. And even when we do, there are going to be a lot of unhappy people. And at the same time, too, uh, the other line that we've been hearing from uh, Fox News, which is great, I'm glad to hear it, and, and obviously we've been seeing it on yes. Twitter, too, is this idea that bin Laden was treated better than Roger Stone, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious because bin Laden yeah. was shot he's, in the head he's... and his body was dumped at sea. <laughs> we can only hope that Roger Stone is treated similarly. And that's what happened to Roger Stone. It's a, yeah. it's a perfect parallel. <laughs> of course it is. But you know the difference between Bin Laden and Roger Stone? <laughs> oh, and this is a is it, oh, please let this be a joke. Uh, you know, it's maybe a little bit of a joke, but it's okay. more of like, right. you know, I, I think it's a fairly accurate assessment. You know, Bin Laden thought he was actually doing something good to benefit uh, his bastardized view of Islam. Roger Stone is content to not have any positive outcome from his actions. Roger Stone wants to be sinister. So in a sense, Bin Laden, at least with his positive (laughs) intentions, (laughs) was slightly better on the personality front than than Roger Stone is, who has no positive intentions whatsoever. But if so. but if this were the Hollywood Squares and you were Peter Marshall and I was Paul Lind, and, <laughs> and, and you went to me and you said, "Paul, what's the difference between Ben Laden and Roger Stone?" I'd say, "They accent." Yeah, that would be, there we go. Circle gets the square. <laughs> All right, well, meanwhile, Roger Stone somehow, I don't know why he did this, whether he was lying or whether he accidentally blurted it. You never know because Roger Stone is an agent of chaos. Roger Stone disrupts things. That's his whole thing. He disrupts American democracy. He disrupts the discourse. Getting him out, uh, you know, I hope that this judge uh, slaps him with a gag order. It's supposed to happen today. 
Uh, but maybe That'll it's going to. Yeah. yeah, Jackie Schechner saying it's likely to happen on Friday when he's finally hit with a gag order. Though sooner would have been better because the sooner he's extricated from uh, the American political discourse, the better off the whole discourse is going to be. Because, <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just he's, throwing kerosene on the fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what happened here is. Uh, Roger Stone accidentally admitted that uh, he read Trump's written answers to Mueller. Uh, he, again, he could be lying about this, but this is the exchange that happened on Tucker Carlson the other day. Mm. Tucker Carlson said, have you spoken to the president about, uh, and in parentheses, lying to Congress? And then Stone said, I have not. When the president answered the written interrogatories, he correctly and honestly said, Roger Stone, and I never discussed this, and we never did. So basically, either he heard from... Donald Trump's lawyers, or he heard from Donald Trump himself uh-huh. that because obviously what has happened is the answers have been circulated to a key number of people so that they all have their stories straight. That's the okay, whole purpose. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, because if you remember, this was the whole thing about uh, Michael Cohen uh, last week, where before, <laughs> before the Roger Stone arrest scrambled everyone's brains and made us forget about everything that happened before it. What happened was is that Michael Cohen and, and Donald Trump were coordinating their stories in advance of Michael Cohen going before Congress and of answering course. questions. Right. Whereas, you know, the accusation was that uh, Michael Cohen was ordered to lie. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, whether he was ordered or not, what they were doing is they were coordinating false narratives. And so that's enough. And besides, Michael Cohen considers Donald Trump, you know, the president of the United States to right. be his superior. And so it didn't require an order. But obviously what's happening between Trump and all of his people uh, is an ongoing uh, defense, uh, you know, mutual defense agreement where they they, they have their stories. Yeah, yeah. Lies. Trump Trump has uh, Trump's lawyers have completed his written answers to Robert Mueller's questions, yeah. and uh, those are in Mueller's hands now, and they're reviewing them. And this is where it gets uh, a little bit interesting. Is it is at this point that Mueller's team decides, okay, we've seen enough, <laughs> or or. They go back to pursuing that face-to-face interview. Yeah, uh, and uh, then there'll be the whole argument about well, as long as you don't ask about obstruction of justice and all of that again, <laughs> all over again. Uh, so you know, I, I don't know. You know. This thing could be over in a couple of weeks, or it could be you know a few more months. I I, I don't know. You know, it's 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 gotten fuzzier since last we spoke. I was saying eight weeks, seven weeks, whatever. Yeah, I I think we're still. Eight weeks away. I think we've. I think yeah. the clock has moved back uh, to where we are now. Once again, eight weeks away. We'll see. I think uh, Roger Stone is going to flip on Donald Trump because he again he's a chaos agent. This is something that he would absolutely do. I think there's a lot of people debating will he, won't he. I think he absolutely will. If you know his personality, you know yeah. that he is a psycho bomb. He's basically basically sure, he's been sure. Th- th- someone ripped the pin out of out of uh, Roger Stone, <laughs> and now he's just going to bounce all around like Daffy Duck and destroy everything he I, touches. I think his particular psychosis is this uh, gangster uh, loyalty thing. Yeah. Uh, I think he might be willing to be a martyr. Uh, remember, he suggested uh, as he was uh, tampering with witnesses before Congress, <laughs> he, he, he reminded one that uh, uh, in The Godfather, one of the Godfather movies, uh, one of the guys who, who squealed uh, killed himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so he was suggesting, you know, you might consider that. I wouldn't be surprised if Stone. I, yeah, I would be surprised, but I mean, I Stone sees a martyrdom in that as well. Yeah. You know that it's that it's probably better to kill yourself than to rat out 
your buddy. Right. Uh, one of the things he was screaming at this witness about was <laughs> you, you've ratted out my friends. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, saying it was real smart of him to commit that to, to emails <laughs> that would then be <laughs> evidence in an investigation. That it was, see, that's why that's where all these people are dumb. They come from this, yeah, all uh, of them. environment of, wealthy socialites in some cases entitled, uh, yeah, uh, yeah right. very entitled they think that they really can dumb. just yeah get away with anything and besides donald trump is president of the united states if any of his people are in legal jeopardy they're just going to get pardoned won't they well we've seen how well that's worked out for everyone impeachment season yeah <laughs> pardon season impeachment season pardon season Exactly right. All right, you know what? We're going to talk about Dan Coats here because we got some new revelations uh, from the Senate Intelligence Committee and Dan Coats' testimony there yes. today. Yes. I, I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, we'll dig into it right after uh, these words. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's who's this on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil. Citrus extracts and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster, then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows and knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at <laughs> BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. Okay, we got to talk about Dan Coates here, Director of National Intelligence. They were up, right. they were up on the Hill today uh, testifying before the Senate Intelligence Committee. It was uh, Dan Coates. I saw Gina Haspel, who's the director of the CIA. Uh, a bunch of other officials are there too, and of this course, is an annual. It's an annual thing. It's yeah. it's an annual report from the intelligence community to members of Congress about the threats the U.S. Uh, needs to be concerned about in, mm -hmm. in the world, and they do this every year, and this is this year's report. And, oh, my goodness, a lot's happened in the last year. You know, I wonder what Trump is thinking as all of this is going on. He has to have been He's, informed because, well, once again, we're seeing another case in which Donald Trump's people are contradicting Donald Trump left and right. I mean, just every bit of bullshit that Donald well, Trump has injected into the atmosphere. They're saying, dedicated, no. dedicated, dedicated, professional, patriotic people. Yeah are reporting on what's happening. Uh, it's Trump and his Stephen Millers uh, who are, uh, you know, giving us the fantasy. Yeah, so, you know, really, you have to look at Donald Trump as being basically walled in by the White House. He is yes. a, a prisoner of his own presidency and all He's the people alone. around him. Yeah, I just I imagine those uh, scenes from the movie Nixon, Oliver Stone's movie about Nixon, where right. just Nixon's going bananas in that teeny tiny little vestibule room and he's trying to erase the tapes and he's, he's spilling he's, he's spilling pills all over the floor and <laughs> drinking excessively. And then Henry Kissinger 
messenger walks in and they both have to kneel down and pray to God that they're not caught in their all of their malfeasance. One of my favorite scenes from any movie. And I just I imagine Donald Trump in that same goddamn scenario. And it just makes me smile the smile of all smiles. Okay, so here's a Dan Coates. Among the uh, the other things that Dan Coates said uh, happening in testimony uh-huh. that we've missed because we're doing the show. Right. Uh, these are some of the things that we got to before the show actually started. And again, huge thanks to Aaron Rupar, who's accumulating all of these things in a, in a big, long thread. First of all, Dan Coates told Congress, uh, contrary to what Donald Trump has been saying, we currently believe North Korea will seek to retain WMD capabilities and is unlikely to give up nuclear weapons and production capabilities because its leaders ultimately view nuclear weapons as critical to regime survival. So there, huge fuck up for Donald Trump. Then Coates uh, contradicted Trump on ISIS. He said, uh, the group has returned to its guerrilla warfare roots while continuing to plot attacks. ISIS is intent on resurging and still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq and Syria. Another fuck up from Donald Trump. Uh, Meanwhile, he was asked about um, what Trump discussed with Putin during their secret meetings. Coates said in response to that, this is the most fascinating aspect of all this. Coates said, Clearly, this is a sensitive issue, and it's an issue that we ought to talk about this afternoon. I look forward to discussing it in a closed session. So I wonder what that's going to be. Jesus Christ. You know, I, I can't wait for these House hearings to start. So we have more of an open set of hearings so we can hear about more of this kind of information. Yeah, I, I don't know if they will be at this point. I mean, part of uh, what it's taking to get Cohen back before those committees yeah. is closing the sessions. And there are uh, sensitive issues of national intelligence at stake here, yeah. as well as uh, in in the case of Cohen and, and others, uh, the risk of endangering uh, somehow uh, any unfinished part of the Mueller investigation. So uh, every, they, everybody has to really proceed cautiously here. I I am going forward with the confidence. You know Democrats are going to run out of those hearings and tell us what they can yeah. about the unclassified things they learned in that hearing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there may be public hearings yet to follow, but as long as Cohen uh, lives in fear for his family and himself, uh, I think this is one of the steps they're taking uh, to protect him, to protect the investigation. Uh, you know, So I, I think they have things to protect, and, of course, the national security. Yes, of course. Says who? Right. And uh, he also said here, Dan Coates told uh, the committee, he said, we do not believe Iran is currently undertaking the key activities we judge necessary to produce a nuclear device. So basically, once again, contradicting one of uh, Donald Trump's key foreign policy decisions was to pull out of the Iran agreement. And uh, fueled by Republicans in Congress, by the way, exactly. they wanted it before he did. Yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Whitaker, sweaty Matt Whitaker, yesterday said something <laughs> interesting when people asked him about his views that he expressed prior to becoming the atta- acting attorney, right. acting right. attorney general. He said, uh, "Well, you know, I was making that uh, opinion based on publicly available information," and he seemed to kind of suggest, on the other hand, now that I've actually seen the real information, well, don't yeah. worry about it. I, I got a little bit of that vibe too isn't that interesting uh and and he does he makes it a point to say well these are comments i made as a private citizen before i knew the facts yep you know uh that's that's sort of significant um i you know i still there's still plenty of reason to be concerned about him in the few days he has left in that job Mm -hmm. before the permanent uh, attorney general gets in there william barr uh, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, there is a chance that uh, once these guys get in there, they do see the truth. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, exactly. 
exactly right. And what happens is, is they have a certain view based on Fox News Channel, based on Donald Trump's Twitter feed, right, based right. on their loyalties to the Republican Party. And once they, <laughs> as you said, as you said, once they get into office, they start to see the actual documents and transcripts, and they go, "Oh shit." First they hear first they hear the Fox version and right. and then they hear the truth. And then they hear the truth. And it's always contradictory to whatever Fox is saying or whatever Donald yeah. Trump is saying. And so this is the case. I mean, I wonder if you're a red hat, are you sitting and looking at this uh, testimony from Dan Coates and going, "Oh, well clearly Dan Coates is fake news." I mean, that's a question. I mean, what are the red hats saying when they see? Oh, he's a he's a deep state Democrat. Oh I mean, God, okay. Yeah, deep no, state. you got it. You have to know there. You have to know what <laughs> what button that's going to push. Jesus yeah, Christ, that's, that's the button that pushes. Oh, deep state Democrat. Yeah, on mm-hmm. some level, they have to be going. Well, this is an awfully big and complex deep state conspiracy, isn't it? It, it, <laughs> it will it will catch up with them, you know. And I'm, I, this is the thing that gives me heart. I keep going back to Nixon, nineteen seventy four. The fact that he had every Republican in Congress in his pocket, uh, and then three weeks later, he had only five lawmakers in his pocket. Yeah, uh, they all turned and and that's how fast it turned from this complete worship and support, uh, like Trump, not as not as fervent. As with Trump, and that the fervent part's always a little frightening, but uh, just as with Trump, there was this great love and belief in Richard Nixon, and uh, the, that he embraced uh, the you know conservative values, and until they heard the facts, yeah, and then and when the facts came out, uh, things changed radically. And dramatically. Well, here's Donald Trump's strategy when it comes to confronting friendlies who can who contradict him. Uh-huh. Uh, Do you see this tweet from the other day, Buzz? Uh, I think it was on the twenty two days ago, the twenty seventh. He said, uh, "Never thought I'd say this, but I think John Roberts Fox and Jillian Turner at Fox News have even less understanding of the wall negotiations than the folks at Fake News, CNN, and NBC. Look to final results. Don't know how my poll numbers are so good, especially up 19% with Hispanics, question mark? Uh, I don't know what that last part... Well, yeah, obviously he's misread some uh, some outlier uh, polling information there. But, I mean, the most important section is the first part, where he's going after two reporters at Fox News Channel for being worse than CNN. This is how, I mean, again, talk about the walls closing in on someone. Yeah, well, he can't keep a friend. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he alienates eventually everyone in his circle. Uh, he's making another fatal mistake here by alienating Fox News. And to a degree, that's what's happening. Make no mistake, Fox is still in on, all in on Trump. Yep. But the cracks have appeared in that. And mm-hmm. these are this was not the first crack or the second crack. There, there have been a number of cracks in this relationship where Fox has been critical of Trump. And, and in this case, Trump was critical of fox it's yep. it's getting uglier it's escalating uh it'll be interesting to see where this goes and how fox will monetize itself when it doesn't have uh, the trump bandwagon anymore mm. and you know the other thing too buzz and i should really be beyond this we should all be beyond reacting to shit like this because right. we know it's horse shit but uh, you may have seen the piece uh in fact uh, rachel i think mentioned this uh, I certainly know. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve Bannon blogged about this on the Matto blog. Uh, Donald Trump w- has been claiming to guests, of course, without evidence, 
uh-huh. that his private dining room off the Oval Office was in rough shape with a hole in the wall when he came into the West Wing and that Obama <laughs> used it to watch sports, according to two White House officials and two other people who have heard him discuss the dining room. Quote, he just sat he just sat in here and watched basketball all day, Trump told a recent group before saying he upgraded yes. Obama's smaller TV to a sprawling flat screen one, the four people said. So Donald Trump's going around telling people, accusing Barack Obama of having spent too much time watching TV. Oh, oh, there's more. When he gives friends tours of the White House, he shows them the small room off the Oval uh, where uh, Bill and Monica got together. Oh, Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah, he's all about that. Yeah, He yeah. loves telling that story. <laughs> right. And again, the hypocrisy and the, and the gaslighting, it just, when you let it get to you, it makes you want to rip your hair out and be- smash your face up against a brick wall. That's right. And, and you know, every once in a while, I, I see something like this. Obama watched too much TV, says Donald Trump, who does nothing but watch TV. <laughs> That's right. It's executive time until 11 a.m. every morning. Uh, yeah, and I just... Mm. I just can't help but to freak my shit out when I hear that kind of <laughs> God damn it! Or, God damn it! I know that's a just. Well, I, ju- I just want to say uh, my name is Buzz, and I've been your uh, co-host on today's flight. I want to thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you for traveling with us today. We know you have a choice of co-hosts, so thank you for flying with me. Oh my God! You can't keep getting away with it. I know. I know. You can't keep getting away with it. Okay, we got the postmortem show coming up next. When this music ends, we just keep talking. You can hear all of that stuff on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Go there right now and support the podcast. $5 a month will get you the postmortem show. We're going to be talking about, oh, we got a huge polegasm for you. Lots of great poll numbers ah. to talk about. Donald Trump sinking fast. I love to see that. Plus uh, some details from the Cliff Sims book, Team of Vipers. We can take all of this with a grain of salt, of course, but it's fun to look at. And and maybe the best piece of legislation to come out of uh, Congress uh, in, with bipartisan support. I was so happy yep. to hear this. We'll talk about that piece of legislation coming up, too. Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com. Listen to it on Thursday. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye.